Welcome to Lab Life with the Air Force Research Laboratory. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Kenneth. Hello, folks. Today we are joined by our commander, Major General Heather Pringle, to discuss AFRL's successes in 2022, her commander's priorities for 2023, and unravel the future of the digital thread concept. In three, two, one... General Pringle, welcome to the podcast and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Michelle. It's great to see you. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. And Kenneth and I know you've had a really busy 2022. And so now in 2023, we we took a look back at last year's episode to see if there's any follow-up questions that we really have from you since we talked to you last on, on air. And we wanted to first check in with one of the goals you set last year. Maybe not what our listeners are expecting, but you set a goal for your son to gain two inches in height. Did he achieve that goal? Well, Michelle, uh, it's great that you asked and great that you were uh, paying attention and bringing that up again. So there's good news and bad news on this one. So yes, the good news is that he is in fact uh, two two inches taller this year. So he achieved that goal, strong effort by my son. The bad news is that he is a full-on preteen, a tween, if you will. So I'm living with that and the extra two inches, still shorter than mom. So I'm still on the good list uh, for my son, but uh, you know, it's, it's a fun adventure as you can imagine. So I've got to ask then, so I know we have the objective of like being two inches taller, but for this upcoming year, that is his objective to be taller than you by the end of it. Uh, I think he's still a couple years from that, but uh, accelerating uh, very quickly. <laughs> hey, you know, we'll, we'll reach back. We'll talk about that later then. We'll have that pin for a few years down the road, but good to know at least that the first objective is reached. That's great. Right. Uh, but speaking of objectives and resolutions, we know that many people across the world and within AFRL itself may make health and fitness a renewed priority for 2023. We noticed that you're wearing a fitness tracker as well. Is that part of AFRL's support of the USSF's or the United States Space Force's holistic health assessment? So I love contributing to the science that the AFRL scientists and engineers are creating every day. And this is one component of what the Space Force is looking at overall for their workforce, for their guardians. So it's really exciting that AFRL can contribute in some small way to this future holistic look, but the Space Force is taking a broader look. What AFRL is trying to accomplish is really understanding what are the components that you can get from an external measurement, whether it's a a ring or a watch and What does that tell the researcher about your fitness, your well-being, your resiliency, and your ability to perform? And so hopefully this is useful information as the Space Force goes forward and looks at fitness assessments, unit performance, and a whole host of things. But I do love being uh, not only the commander, but also a participant in their studies. (laughs) No, of course. I mean, I can say from personal use, <clears throat> I had my own watch for a while, the fitness tracker, and that was great, even just for personal, because I was able to see when I should stand up for my desk, how much did I run today? Did I walk enough? And honestly, helping the further mission, like you said, I mean, really, it's a win-win. Absolutely. Uh, it keeps me honest, too. And so <laughs> sometimes at the end of the day, I'm taking an extra lap around the block before <laughs> before I wind down for the evening. So 
it, it definitely has helped me up my game. And it's really exciting to partner with Dr. Christensen uh, as well and, and see it through his eyes and how he's trying to advance the state of the art and get to that next level. Absolutely. And Dr. Christensen has been a, a guest on the podcast way back, I think in 2019. Phenomenal. You know, let's just need to check him out and check out um, his AFRL inspired talk. But speaking of being on the move, um, ma'am, we know you certainly racked up some frequent flyer miles last year, going to conferences, traveling to our AFRL locations across the globe and places and also places like Silicon Valley. Any visit highlights from last year or anything you're looking forward to this year? So coming out of telework and virtual meetings and a whole lot of COVID the year before, it was really great in 2022 to get out and see people face-to-face and have conferences in person. And so I was particularly excited by how much of the travel that I did aligned with my three goals, Accelerate S&T, one lab, two services, and lead the best AFRL team. So for example, in accelerating ST, there were a couple opportunities that I had to meet with Q2B, a quantum conference in Silicon Valley, and talk about how we can uh, better support what they're doing. We want to partner, we want to collaborate with a number of them, and we're looking for new opportunities. I went to the ITSIC, which is a training and education conference. It's the largest. It had 19,000 participants there. And I got to talk about training science and technology, what we're doing with live virtual constructive type simulations and uh, meet with a lot of our sister services and industry there. But for the One Lab Two services, had a number of opportunities to partner with the Space Force with our folks doing space domain awareness down in Maui and listen to what they need and help break through some barriers for them. And of course, building the best team. There are so many opportunities to meet our folks, to uh, understand what's going on in their world, but also build some new bridges or deepen some existing relationships. Couple examples are what we do with the test center. But also I got to go to Air University and meet with General Tullis. And we had a really great conversation about how the science and technology that we do helps them and can be a great partnership as they develop thought leaders in military art and science. And so it's a perfect marriage of our two missions and looking to deepen those ties. So Overall, I would say there was more travel last year than in the past, but I think that's goodness. We needed to do that when we came out of COVID and it was all aligned to the three priorities, which made it really impactful for our mission. And I'm curious, before we kind of look ahead to 2023, I kind of want to look back at something you mentioned on the top. So uh, Q2B in Silicon Valley, what's it like working with folks there? A lot of people may wonder, these movers and shakers of the industry, I know a lot of people say you got to work with Silicon Valley. So when you got to talk to these people, again, what was that experience like? Was it really that kind of like, wow, this really eye-opening experience? Or were these people just brilliant folks that, well, we should be connecting with? Well, I'll say there's... um... There's an energy (laughs) when you come to Silicon Valley and it's exciting to develop new things and 
see the fruits of your labor in a real tangible way. And so I would say there's a real motivation by many of the folks that we, all the team met with to work with the lab, to work with, you know, scientists and engineers, because they're, they know they're working on tough problems. They want to help our national security and they want to further the state of the arts. So I would say it's certainly not the only place where energy and new ideas are created, but it's one that we should be tied in with. It's very impactful in the globe, in the world. So we want to develop that relationship, but there are so many others as well uh, that we work with and they may not have the same name recognition that folks in Silicon Valley do, but they are just as impactful and just as important for our mission. And important too is just how excited Silicon Valley is to work with us with, you know, all the innovations and all the relationships we built and the history of the, the foundations from basic research to technologies that are actually making Silicon Valley what it is today. So it, you know, it's a great synergy and, and, and really circle there. And I want to add to that, Michelle, I, I was happily surprised by Silicon Valley's desire to work with the Air Force and the Space Force in our lab. I didn't know that they would have that interest in working with us. I know that AFRL has a smaller portfolio than what many of the, the size of their own portfolios, which are global in nature. Um, AFRLs can be small potatoes, if you will, um, by comparison. But uh, I was I was just so pleased and inspired that they really wanted to work with us and help us succeed. And I think a very exciting thing you touched on as well that I love is the fact that, like you said, Silicon Valley is great in terms of the bleeding edge, but there's other spaces that are doing the same thing, whether it's upstate New York, the capital, I mean, here in like Dayton, you name it. Uh, so the fact we can connect with them and help tell those stories and be part of it, I mean, that's what a privilege. Absolutely, Ken. And that goes to that's kind of looking back. I want to look forward a little more now. So we talked a lot about your priorities and kind of what we hit in 2022. Are those priorities, the accelerating S&T, 1A for L2 services and leading the best team, are those going to change in 2023 or what's that going to look like? So we still have unfinished business that we want to get after. And so looking forward to 2023, we're going to have the same priorities but we're going to put a couple new objectives under each of them just to continue on the same good path and executing our mission that we have all along. So I know this AFRL team has done phenomenally well over the past uh, couple of years and, and well before. In fact, we just celebrated 25 years. Yay. And uh, 2023 is going to be the best year yet. Well, and 2023 is already off to a great start and, you know, we're continuing to accelerate change. It's a, it's a, it's a priority. Um, but if we focus on accelerating S&T, you know, a, a buzzword around that is digital engineering and digital transformation. Why are these things so important to the Department of the Air Force and AFRL's support of that mission? So digital engineering and digital transformation is not a passing fad, it's really vital to our mission of designing, developing, and sustaining technologies and capabilities for the Air Force and Space Force. So what it means to me is using a variety of technologies 
to virtually try before you buy or try before you bend the metal, actually. And it enables you to tie in digitally with your stakeholders, your suppliers, your industry partners, your academia, and you can iterate on designs or concepts in a virtual environment well before you ever have to put metal together and build a component or build a subsystem and test it out. So it's a real key part of how we in AFRL need to conduct our business. And if we do it right, we are going to shorten the acquisition cycle. We're going to make it easier for our PEO partners, our acquisition partners, uh, program executive officers, they will have a digital footprint or a digital thread um, mimicking the actual system that they're looking to acquire over the long haul and they have a better starting point. And hopefully this will help bridge the valley of death uh, as we go forward. And I'm curious as well, so with working on digital engineering, is this something we're seeing in our sister services as well? They're also using similar tech or at least developing alongside us? Absolutely. Uh, and we have a regular uh, exchange of information and digital data bytes, if you will, uh, with our sister services. So uh, the Navy and the Army both have systems that are looking to collect their technical information digitally. In fact, uh, we've adopted some components of what the Navy is doing with their Dory system to facilitate what we're doing and we're sharing our digital transformation with them. So collectively, we know that it's important to, to share at the digital level because uh, you wanna train as you fight and we wanna design the same way as well. And so uh, partnering with Science and technology or research and development is a great way to get a proof of concept with our joint sisters and brothers before we actually have to go out the door. Yeah, how cool is that? So that's awesome. It really is a joint effort. And I figured it was, but it's cool to hear that as well to kind of confirm it. Uh, but let's keep talking about some cool technologies. And a lot of things that people love to talk about our vanguards. So we weren't sure if there's any updates or anything you wanted to share about our vanguards and how digital engineering is influencing these programs. You know, uh, vanguards were a pretty new concept uh, when I came into the seat here at AFRL or joined the team. And I'm really impressed with how these uh, vanguards have matured and progressed uh, over the past couple of years. And it's really exciting to talk about all of them. In fact, they all have a digital component and they're using digital twins and digital threads in different ways. But a couple of them are real close to transition. And so 2023 is going to be a very exciting year for Vanguard. So if you think about Skyborg, for example, they're absolutely sharing an autonomy architecture. And they have used their digital thread to rapidly develop and test autonomy concepts. And so that is something that they're transitioning. And it's really exciting to see how they've leveraged and matured uh, digital architectures to advance their science and technology. Golden Horde, as uh, folks are quite well aware, this is a um, simulation-based environment where industry can come together and test their autonomous programs and 
kind of duke it out against each other and see uh, which industry partner has the best one. And it's really becoming a DevSecOps type of environment. And what they're doing is building a digital twin for some of their technologies. They're testing it out in that virtual environment. And then they have the opportunity to test it on an emulated object before it actually goes into the real deal, real world, full-blown weapon system. So they've fully taken advantage of DevSecOps and a DevSecOps approach. And 2023, they'll be transitioning as well. Rocket Cargo is still early in its program maturity. It was the fourth. Vanguard to be announced and approved. They're taking advantage of digital transformation in characterizing rocket plumes and the aerodynamics and the data that they're collecting and sharing. And that's kind of similar to what NTS3 is doing as well. They're using the digital environment to share information with each other to ensure that everyone's on the same page. The other exciting thing about Navigation Technology Satellite 3 is that they have created a virtual mission operations center or a mock mission ops center. And what this allows is, again, they can try before they buy. They can run the system. They can run the uh, whole mission and test out, find out where the mistakes are, find out where the glitches are, work them out before they actually go to launch. And of course, you know, NTS3 is looking at a 2024 uh, launch, but they're getting really close and we're excited for them. Well, that's an exciting update for, you know, our, our vanguards that support both the Air Force and, and the United States Space Force. Really exciting stuff. We know Secretary Kendall says that we need to move fast, but in the right direction. So are the things that AFRL is doing, goals and in buckets of undertaking, you know, digital transformation that's going to help us move fast, but in the right direction? Absolutely. The secretary emphasizes operational analysis and using that to focus our science and technology on the highest priority efforts or the highest priority gaps and needs. And so operations analysis involves a whole range of modeling and sim capabilities from the physics-based simulation environments like what I discussed in Rocket Cargo, right? They're uh, simulating rocket plumes and trying to do analysis on very detailed uh, you know, heat properties, thermal properties, and doing computational fluid dynamics of, of the, um, the rocket bodies themselves. So that's a really important physics level basis of digital analysis. But it's also important to aggregate that up and look at mission analysis and campaign analysis. So of course, AppSim is another tool that we use to focus our science and technology at a more of a mission level. And so that's been really helpful for our researchers as well. So those are just a couple examples, Michelle, of how we're using digital transformation, digital engineering and digital threads to further our science and technology. So to keep unraveling that concept you just mentioned, uh, the digital thread concept, specifically within digital engineering or DE, it's a critical enabler for all technology. So what is this idea exactly of digital thread? 
So digital thread is taking the life cycle of a system or a technology and building connectivity across all phases of its life. So you don't just want to have digital engineering only in research and development, but not in operations and sustainment. You want that digital twin or those digital elements to mature and to follow the technology and the capability throughout its life from research and development to test to acquisition, operations, sustainment, and ultimately retirement. And so you always know what is in the real world, but you have a mock-up or something that you can look at, tweak, you can understand when the next required maintenance is, you know, tire change or failing of a particular uh, widget on the system. So building that digital thread throughout is not just an AFRL imperative, but it's for the entire management of a system. And that's why General Richardson has made digital material management an important priority for him. Absolutely. And I think one of the coolest concepts I read about with digital thread is this idea that this thread can become the digital bridge, if you will, over the valley of death. I know many people talk about that with development of technologies and support, and you just answered it right there, how that can become that bridge. And what a cool way to watch from start to finish how technology has well, the right support it needs. Absolutely. And I, I'm really glad that General Richardson is continuing to emphasize the importance of a digital thread so that we can better partner with the Lifecycle Management Center, with the Test Center, Sustainment Center. It just makes it easier to partner, easier to share information. It even makes it easier for our engineers and our scientists and our acquirers to learn about this system. Because as I said, you can, you can play with it virtually without doing harm in the environment. And if, if you're thinking of some of the most powerful weapons that we have on this earth, that's even more important because you're not going to have a lot of real world chances to do that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the people too, you know, digital transformation, we, you know, can think about systems and computers all day and then the, the technology, but what are those without the, the people behind them? So as you've called them before, whether they're your unicorns or your alpha nerds, how do, are they playing a role um, in AFRL's digital transformation? Well, first of all, they're embracing it and they're, are, they're really excited about this becoming real and using all the different opportunities that are being created. So whether it's a DART release, which is Dr. Greg or the Digital War Room's new effort, they're releasing new capabilities to make research faster to support better decisions, to streamline transitions, or to have low friction operations and business. I love that one, low friction. Who can argue that? That the workforce is participating in monthly digital dialogues, uh, or they might even have them more frequently than that. There's a lot of content available for everyone to train on digital transformation and I can tell by the commentary online that it's uh, really being embraced. And so I, I see a lot of excitement across the workforce. And Michelle and Kenneth, I'll, I'm also very proud that 
a year ago, we tried to stand up this one AFRL team uh, on Chess, and my goal was to achieve 5,000 of AFRL members on this team sometime before May or June, I think it was. And I didn't achieve that goal. I, I had a brilliant failure. I made it a goal, but I, I didn't quite get there. I think we were just, just barely 3,800. But by the end of the year, by mid-October of this year, we have 12,000 AFRL personnel on our one AFRL team. And that is fantastic. So we don't have to use mass emails in a serial quad your inbox kind of way to reach all of our unicorns and alpha nerds. And folks are engaging in dialogue. They're asking each other, how can I learn more about this capability? Who can connect me to something? And I make a lot of announcements on there. So really excited. There's so many aspects of digital transformation, digital threads, digital connectivity. I think we're just barely scratching the surface of how we can use everything from Teams to AppSim and supercomputing. There's just a lot we can do. And we're having the team ready and embracing it is step one. And I think we've got that. And step two is getting those tools and That's what the digital war room is doing. And I'll just make one last little comment. So I stood up the uh, digital war room to add some energy to our efforts and really accelerate where we were going with the digital transformation. And I highly applaud Dr. Greg and the war room team for getting us so far down this path. And we are on the cusp. We're really close to having a full up digital directorate. So in 2023, stay tuned. We're going to have a digital directorate that is a full-blown organization, part of AFRL. And so kudos to the digital war room team for getting that started. Hey, not only what a cool announcement there, but also just so inspiring to hear that not only did you shatter those goals, those people joined the 1AFRL team, but to see how exciting that is transitioning to 2023. So uh, that's amazing. I want to make sure that we have this moment too. If there's any final messages you want to give to not only our fans, but AFRL for 2023, any things you're looking forward to, or just kind of a nice statement to hear as we start off the year. The floor is yours, ma'am. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Uh, I always love catching up with you too. Uh, It's always a a fun time. I would say 2022, it's so hard to beat with the amazing efforts that all of AFRL did. And I could talk about all the contracts that were awarded, all the people that were hired, all the obligated money. The teams have done phenomenally well. They did a huge push post-COVID to get out there and connect with new industry partners, new academia partners. It was really great to see, even on the international side, a lot of new partnerships, the Windows on Science efforts, the visiting professors that come over and visit some of our labs. That was through the roof, the number of Windows on Science uh, efforts that we had. So it's really a tough year to beat, but I know we will. I know we are ready for whatever 2023 throws at us. And we will maintain our focus on the three priorities, accelerate S&T, one lab, two services, and lead the best AFRL team. And we can always 
bring in uh, whatever those changes are and we can adapt to each of them. We have a little bit of unfinished business. For example, we're going to focus on more digital. We're going to have our digital directorate. We're going to transition a couple of vanguards. That's really exciting. And, you know, we'll adapt to anything else that comes down the pike. So I just want to say I'm so proud of AFRL and everything that the team does. And particularly the fact that the team emerged from COVID stronger than they were before. We didn't let COVID get us down. We're better, stronger, more focused and ready to support the warfighter. Well, thank you so much, ma'am. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. That was such an inspiring message to end with. So, I mean, I can't top that myself. So we'll look forward to talking to you again later in the year and hearing more of these wonderful updates you've laid out for us. Thank you again. Thanks for having me, Kenneth. Thanks for having me, Michelle. It's great to see you both and happy 2023. Make sure to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube at AF Research Lab. And remember, stay curious. Logging off.